I want to introduce to you Pastor David White. Pastor David is from a church called Encounter Church in Clovis, California. We on Agape Tour had the privilege of being in their church. They hosted us for two nights. And I'll just say, the first night we were there, um, the second night actually, they had a staff meeting that was preceded by a worship time. And we were just invited to come and participate. It was one of the sweetest worship times. The Lord has his hand of anointing over that church. And Lord has anointing on this man. Would you please welcome to speak to us, Pastor David White. Give it up for Pastor David. I just want to start, uh, I just want to start by saying it's such an honor to be here. It really is such a blessing. I got, to, I got, I got here a little early this morning. I got to hang out with the, the staff and the worship team. We went back there and prayed a little bit. And, and I walk in and I, we went through first service and, and I, I'm sitting here through second service. And everybody I meet, I just, want to, I just want to make this clear. I don't know any of you. I don't know any of, I don't know any of you. But man, you guys made me feel so welcome. So it's such a blessing. I, my family's here. I got a couple kids and my wife and my mom and dad are actually here too. Uh, but, but just thank you. So, so just before I even begin, I just want to say thank you. You guys have a gift. You have an anointing as a church. I, I just want to start by, by saying this. You are gifted at just welcoming people and your hospitality. So amen. Keep doing that, Agora Hills, Agora Bible Fellowship. Uh-huh. Anyway, I've been on the, I've been uh, emailing Stephanie and, and Chad and Pastor Scott all week, and I was, again, just blown away by, by just how much, like, they wanted to do for me, and like, uh, uh, what was it, bagel, what kind of bagel do you like, you want, do you want a handheld mic, do you want a little ear thing, do you want a pedest, like a podium, a pulpit thing, I was just blown away, and, and I was actually reminded, one time I actually... I spoke at this church called New Beginnings Baptist Church, and it was up in Fresno where I'm from, and it, it, was, a, it was a primarily African-American church, and we had actually, my wife and I attended there for, for about a year when we first got married, and, and uh, the pastor there, he's like my mentor, he's one of my mentors, uh, he officiated our wedding, and he's a big old dude, man, he's like seven feet tall. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm getting ready to speak, and I'm over here worshiping, and it's a pretty traditional church. Uh, they wore like a robe. I don't know if anybody's ever been to it. They wore like a robe, and I didn't wear that. None of them fit me, but they, they wore a robe, and they stood right behind this, this podium, and the microphone kind of stuck out of the podium. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm sitting here worshiping, and I'm about to go up there and say something, and I run up there, and I haven't thought through this. I, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. But I ran up there, and I get behind the podium, and, and they built this podium for their pastor, right? Seven foot, big old dude. And I get there, I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's seriously at my nose. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, I'm uh, going to talk about God. And I'm sitting here, and it's like the most awkward. Everyone's like whispering, is he going to get a phone book or something? So anyway, I just love that. I love the idea that, that hey, do you want a podium, a pulpit and I responded no thank you I've I've had a bad experience so I'll just go ahead and walk all right uh but again just it's such an honor to be here if this is like your home if this is where you call uh this is my home church if that's you I just want to affirm something that you are at an amazing church and I know you know that but I just want to say like Pastor Scott is such a such a like a soldier for God 
He's, got a, he's a man after God's own heart. He's, he's generous. He's hospitable. Uh, he's biblically based in the staff here, uh, your worship team. I just want to let you know that if this is your place, man, well done. This is awesome. You guys have a great uh, worship team, a great pastor. This is a great place to be. Awesome. And also, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, if you're visiting, if this is your first time, I'm not the normal guy. I'm just here. <laughs> so don't be turned off by my skinny jeans or my, my pink watch. Uh, this is a great place to land. It really is. Amen. So I've been talking with Pastor Scott and over the phone, and I know he's on vacation right now, and we've been talking. He says, hey, Dave, we've been, we've been walking through this series called The Promises of God. And I was just like, wow, that's incredible. Like, that's an amazing, that's an awesome series to walk through. And as I was thinking through it this week, I just began to think like, man, isn't it crazy how much life is, is just built on promises? Like, I've been talking to Stephanie and Pastor Scott. I said, hey, I'll be July 10th. I'm going to come uh, speak at, at the church. And, and just, like, imagine if I just didn't show up. It was like, what, you guys would probably be perfectly fine without me, but just imagine if I just didn't come. About five years ago, I, I stood in the church just like this in front of my wife and a very tall pastor, and we sit there, and I made some promises to her, right? Those of you who married, remember those days where you're just, I, I promise to love you. I promise to be there for you through thick and thin. I promise I'm not going anywhere. And for about five years, we've, we've had to rely on some of those promises like crazy. I'm from Fresno, and so it's, it's like 170 degrees down up there right now. So we're actually making a little trip out of this. This is a beautiful place. Again, I want to affirm the beauty of this place. Uh, and you know that. But we're making a little trip. And so I brought my, my family came, my wife, my, my kids. And can we get that picture up of my family? There they are. Aw, yeah. They're clapping for us. So there's my wife, my two kids. Daisy is the little girl. Uh, Daisy's about two years old. And Jack is the little boy. And um, we're getting ready. We're coming, right? We, we left on Friday, right? So we're going to make a little trip. We left on Friday, and we're sitting there, we're packing up, you know, I'm packing my clothes, and any of you with kids remember these days, you know, kids are running around, hold me, hold me, uh, honey, I gotta, I'm trying to get, you know, dressed, I'm trying to pack up, the little girl's like, you know, just throwing a fit, you know, just having one of those moments, right, just, honey, it's okay, you know, I'm, we're trying to get ready, we're, finally, I just had enough, and I just, you know, honey, and I got down on my knee, and I said, honey, you know where we're going? You know, she's throwing a fit. I said, honey, we're going to the beach. We're going to the ocean. And you're going to go swimming with the fish. We're going to go today. And it was like 8 in the morning, right? We're packing up. And she's like, what? Her eyes light up. <laughs> we're going to go swimming. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the terrible attitude turns into this, like, the most loving, sweetest little girl, because we're going swimming at the ocean, and we're packing up. It's like 8 in the morning. We don't leave till 2. We're in the whole time, and you guys, you're laughing as you remember these days, whole time, Daddy, when are we going swimming? When are we going to the ocean? Like, Honey, we're going to go in just a minute, and we're, I'm packing, and, 
And Fresno, it's like four hours away. Right? It's a four-hour drive. We don't leave till like two. You know, we're stopping. We're changing diapers along the way. The whole way here, wow, we're going straight. Ah, ocean. Yeah, yeah, honey, when we get there, when we get there, we're going to go swimming. You know, I'm just feeding her that. that you, know, you know, just trying to keep her happy on this, tro- this road trip. And we're getting there, and, and we don't get here till like six, thir- like 7 o'clock. Right? And, and we, we eat dinner, and, and she's like, we're going swimming. And we're just like getting into it. Like, we're going to go to the beach. And I had to have that moment with her, that dad moment. I said, honey, Daisy, come here. She's like, we're going swimming. Daisy, I, we're not going to go swimming today. <laughs> and I could just see her like, ah. you lied to me. Almost as like, you broke a promise. It was like the most... And it was like, Daisy, we're, we're, it's too late. We're going we're gonna to go tomorrow. We're going to go to the beach tomorrow. And she just lit up. Oh, we're going swimming tomorrow. So I just say all this. And I, 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 I don't need to say this, but I, I, I want to start off by saying that God is not like me. And I'm going to say God is not a deadbeat dad. I'm not a deadbeat dad, uh, but I'm a human dad, right? And God is not a deadbeat dad. And we can trust that God keeps his promises. So before I even get forward and jump into what I'm going to talk about, I just want to set the tone that God keeps his promises. And I love the way Pastor Scott, we were talking on the phone earlier this week, I love the way he, he brought it up. And I don't know if he like said it in a sermon or what, but he said, he said, David, the way we've been walking through this is it's, it's kind of like an iPhone. Have he, has he used this? He used it. Okay, so some of you might remember this. He said it's kind of like an iPhone. It's like, it's like when you find new things you can do. Like you can triple click with your finger. You can scroll. You can minimize. You can expand all. It's like, wow. It doesn't change the phone at all. It's just like revealing more new cool things. He said that's not how it is with God. It's not changing the character. The more we look into these promises and promises, it's not changing anything about God. It's just revealing more cool things and more amazing things that our God does. So I just want to set the tone with that. The, the promise I want to walk through today, the promise I want to walk through is a, is a promise of power. Is a promise of power. And where I get this promise is in the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter 1, there's this, there's this scene. And just to set the setting, Jesus dies, right? He died for three days, and then he, rise, he rose from the grave, right? And he's coming back, and he's, and he's speaking with his closest friends and his disciples, and he says this right before he goes back to heaven. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then the scripture says that he kind of just ascended into heaven. So Jesus is really, his last words, according to Acts, was this promise. It says, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then he just kind of leaves. And we, we're built on this system of promise, promises, and they're not, they're not maybes, they're not mites, right? They're... Their, their wills, this will happen. 
today I want to walk through this, this promise of power. I'm just going to go and say my main point for you. I'm not going to be one of those guys, because a lot of pastors do this, they, they talk for like an hour, and then at the very end, they reveal the main points, and it's like, whoa, my mind is blown, oh my gosh, it's, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to be a spoiler right now. Today, I want to talk about encountering the power that you already have, that you already have. So, power. As I've been thinking through this, I thought about this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you just felt powerless, though? Where you felt unqualified? Where you felt not good enough? See, I'm, I'm a pastor in Fresno, but my real job, not that this is not a real job, I think it's an awesome job, but I also am a teacher. I'm a public school teacher, okay? And I teach middle school. Is there any middle school Students out there? They're eating donuts. They're eating, uh, that's right. Yeah, he said, don't go to the donuts. Yeah, middle school. And, and since they're out of the room, we can talk about how awkward that year was, right? Those couple years when we were in middle school, I would never go back to those years of my life. Uh, I don't know what's going on. My body's changing. It's so awkward, right? But I love being at that level. I love it. And I, and I, I, have this, I had this kid in my class named Caleb. And I had this kid in my class named Caleb, and, and Caleb is one of those kids, really sweet, cute kid, all the class, they loved Caleb. Uh, but Caleb, he struggled a lot. He struggled in, in my class, and it was, he had some special needs. He had autism. He was a little bit uh, slower than the rest of the class, and, and he struggled, and one day, I, I was sitting in front of my class, and I said, all right, guys, uh, we're reading this novel, and at the end of the week, we're going to do a presentation. It's a group presentation. Remember those back in school? It's a group presentation, and I made your groups, and automatically, I looked at Caleb, and I just saw fear. <sighs> and after class, after school that day, he came up, he, he, Mr. White, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I said, Caleb, you'll be fine, man. We'll work on it. You're going to do great. You love this. You love the book. Okay, okay. Goes home, and sure enough, I get an email from his mom. He says, hey, Mr. White, I just, I just want to let you know that Caleb is really stressing out about this presentation. Would you mind to help him? I said, sure. Every day, break time, lunchtime, after school, come, he, open door. You can come in, and we can work on it. So Caleb did. The entire week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Caleb's in my room. And it was only like a two-minute like, little segment that he had to do, and, and we're working on it. We're writing down, I'm writing down notes. I'm saying, here's what you're going to say. You can even just read it. And we're working on it. He's having fun. He's cracking jokes. You know, he's loving it. And then Friday rolls around. Remember Friday? Friday was presentation day in school. Friday rolls around, and, and we're doing presentations all morning. All morning, we're, we, have, we have all these kids making presentations, and they're incredible. Some of these girls, right, the girls that go, like, way above and beyond, they're like, it was cool. One of the girls is presenting, and does a cartwheel, and ta-da, and I was like, what? A plus. I don't care what you said. You get an A just for doing that. That was incredible. And Caleb's sitting there watching. I can just see him. 
and he's nervous, super nervous. And, and the way the school worked is we had a break, and then they would go to break, and then they would come back to me, okay? And, and they'd finish the class. And, and I said, all right, guys, it was break time. The bell's about to ring. Uh, when we get back, Caleb's group is going to start off. Caleb's group is up, and, and it's going to be great. Kids, the bell rings. The kids run out to, to, to break, and Caleb stays there. He just stays in his seat. It's kind of normal. He, I mean, I, I figure maybe he's, he wants to work on it or something. And so I walked up to Caleb. Hey, Caleb, what's up, man? You ready to go? You ready to do this? And he's, he's like, I, no, I, I can't do this. Caleb, man, dude, you're awesome. We've been working on this all week. You got the notes. Let's run through it. He, no, no. I, he said, do you see those other presentations? See that girl? You did a kick, kick flipper? I think he called it like a kick flipper. I was like, yeah, that's a cool cartwheel. I can't do this. Caleb, dude, hey, I'll just think about it. Think about it. We got time. Sure enough, the bell rings. Boop. Kids come strolling in. They're sitting down and and I'm at the front. I'm like, all right, guys, uh, next up we have a really special presentation and it's this group right here. And they get up and sure enough, Caleb, he, he, he just kind of puts his head down. He just, he just sits like that until the class was over. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been at a spot in your life where you felt powerless? Have you ever felt unqualified with whatever situation or opportunity or whatever's in front of you? Have you ever felt just like not good enough? Man, Caleb's sitting there and I, I just read it off of his face. He's saying, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not adequate. Man, for me, it's, <sighs> I'm not smart enough, right? I deal, I deal with this, guys, and I, I just want to make this clear that this is what I'm walking through. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not athletic enough, man. I'm not good-looking enough. I'm not studied enough. I'm not worthy enough. Always kind of whittles back to this, 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 I'm not enough. Is anybody with me? Have you ever been there? If I can be honest with you, if I can just shoot you straight this morning, man. I was talking to Pastor Scott and I said, yeah, I, I'm going I'm to talk about the promise of power because this is what I'm dealing with. Today I'm speaking to you based on how God is teaching me right now in this very season. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power is exactly what I'm talking about. For me, it's, uh, you know, it, it's simple, something simple, even like making friends. I've dealt with this before. My job, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. My marriage, oh, what, 
Parenting. Man, don't even get me started on parenting, right? Even standing on this stage and talking to you, these little thoughts creep into my brain and they say, hey, David, by the way, you're not good enough. (laughs) There's somebody out there that's so much better than you. You're not qualified. You're a nobody. And these thoughts are real. And unfortunately, I'm not the only one who deals with this. So today I want to talk through this promise of power, and I want to talk about this one word. This one word, and it's called pimplemi. It's kind of funny. It's kind of a funny word, pimplemi. It's an ancient Greek word. Are there any, I did this in the first service too, but I just want to check. Are there any ancient Greek scholars out here, and like they went through the schooling, and you're like, Cool. <laughs> I can say whatever I want to now, and they'll just, man, he's so smart. That guy knows ancient. No, I'm just, but this word pimplame me. And because I'm a teacher, I'm going to do a little teaching strategy to make sure we're engaged, make sure we're not falling asleep. Um, and I'm going to use this word in a sentence. And I'm going to ask you to think about what it means. Context clues. Remember that word? I'm going to ask you to use context clues. I'm going to ask you to just yell it out. Not yet, but when I ask you to. Right? So, you guys ready? Here we go. The wedding hall was pimplamed with guests. When Jesus was thirsty, a Roman guard pimplamed a sponge with vinegar and gave it to him. Oh, <laughs> yes, I think you're right, but let me keep going. That I am going to me this cup. Who just screamed that out? That was amazing. You're like that girl who just goes above and beyond. But yes, the word me literally means to fill something. And I just want to pause on that because it's not this like spiritual, magical, oh, I feel like I'm awesome. It's a literal filling. And I, it's not a feeling. It's a filling, okay? And I just want to take a moment to, to make sure we get that word because this one word, blame me, to fill or to be filled, leads to this promise of power. So I want to jump a little bit further in Acts. We were talking about Acts chapter 1. I want to jump a couple, ver- uh, a couple chapters ahead in Acts chapter 4. And I want to talk about this guy named Peter. So if you want to follow along, uh, I'm going to jump into Acts chapter 4, and it will be verse 7. And just to make sure we're all on the same page, because I don't want to assume everybody knows everything here, uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page, I want to talk about this guy, Peter. So Peter was a good friend of Jesus, and after Jesus said this promise, he ascended back into heaven. All of his friends and disciples were just hanging out on earth, right? Now what do we do? Well, this guy, Peter, he, uh, just a normal, ordinary guy, starts walking around and doing what Jesus did. So I'm actually going to use that guy with the soccer shirt. Can you just stand up for me real quick? I'm just going to use this guy right here. Um, What's your name? Lucas. All right, cool. Lucas is going to be my actor today, and he's going to be... Peter. Now, you don't have to do anything crazy. I'm not going to have you jump around or anything, but here's going to be Peter and Lucas. Just to make sure we're all on the same page, Lucas 
really is a handsome, awesome guy. That's why I chose him. But today he's going to be role-playing. He's going to be Peter. You guys ready for this? Okay, so here's Peter. Everyone say, hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I like that. Uh, so here's Peter. Uh, Peter's just an ordinary guy. Normal, ordinary guy, common guy. You know, Peter's just a fisherman. In ancient Israel, and, and just to pause on that, a fisherman in ancient Israel was kind of like, and I'm not bashing this job or anything, but it's kind of like just like working at McDonald's or, or Jack in the Box. It's nothing like crazy. It's just like kind of like a normal job. So he's just a fisherman. Now, now Peter, he's, he's not studied a lot. He, he didn't finish uh, schooling. He didn't have this master's degree. He didn't even get a, uh, he didn't even finish high school probably. Peter probably can't even read. He's just an ordinary, common guy. Peter's not the, even though you are pretty handsome, he's not the most handsome guy in ancient Israel. He's just an ordinary, ordinary guy. He's not the tallest in the room. He's not the shortest in the room. Just a normal guy. Thanks, Peter. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Lucas is over there. Yeah, let's give it up for Lucas. Man, you're such a good actor, man. <laughs> oh. But here's Peter, ordinary, normal guy, right? And I want to talk about how this guy, Peter, does some incredible things. And I just want you to know, like, where I'm about to go is very simple. It's not like I'm going to jump in and we're going to read 40 chapters, and it's, going to, it's not going to be super deep theological. It's just going to be very simple because that's how I learn. And that's how God's spoken to me this week. So, Acts chapter 4. And a couple more things. I just want to summarize this guy, Peter. He's walking around doing some incredible things. He's actually, uh, after Jesus went back to heaven, uh, Peter's walking around. He's actually healing people. Remember that part? He's like actually healing people. This ordinary, normal guy. He's, he's actually standing up on, on pledges and he's just like declaring that Jesus is the salvation, the only way, boldly, confidently. Peter, ordinary guy. Parents are dragging their kids with, with disabilities or dragging them so that they would maybe even just touch his shadow. You guys remember that part? Peter, an ordinary guy. Some people, it's called the Sadducees, and, and some of your Bibles might even have this as the title of section four, and it says, Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. That's what my Bible says. And the Sanhedrin, I just want to say, Sanhedrin uh, were a group of people, Pharisees, Sadducees, but they were the elite. They were the top of the top. They were the religious leaders of the area. They were the dudes. They were the guys. They ran the town. And they see Peter doing all this stuff, and they actually get a little jealous, and they arrest him, and they throw him in jail. And that's where we are today. Chapter 4, verse 7. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then listen for that word, right? Then verse 8. Then Peter, 
filled with the Holy Spirit. There it is. Then Peter, pimplamed with the Holy Spirit. And remember, I just want to say one more time. It's a literal filling, right? Filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all of the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So after Peter is pimplamed with the Holy Spirit, he goes into this little speech. And I said in the first service, we can spend days and hours and we can have a whole series on that little speech because it's so deep. It's filled with so much good stuff. But what he's pretty much saying is, hey, if you want to know how he healed this guy? You want to know what kind of power I have? It's by Jesus Christ. And I don't want to spend too much time on that because I want to get to my favorite part. And that comes right after this in verse 13. It says, when they, the Sanhedrin, these elite people, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's seriously all I'm going to get into today. That one line. Here's some ordinary, unschooled men, and they were astonished. And they took note that they'd been with Jesus. And I didn't say this in the first service, but it just, it just what, it's kind of cool when, when somebody looks at you and says, oh, they've been with Jesus. Because the truth is, when you've been with Jesus, everything changes. So here are these guys. Peter. Ordinary. Normal guy. And he's doing some incredible things. Remember, this is just the same Peter who's just sitting over there drinking his tea right now. The same Peter who's just a fisherman, right? It's the same Peter who, who doesn't have a master's in theology, who wasn't the most gifted man in the world, just a common, ordinary guy. Unlearned, it even says. It even says that he was unschooled. Because in the eyes of the world, he'd be unqualified. He's just normal, common, peasant. But in the eyes of the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, he is huge. He's essential. He's powerful. I want to pause on that. And this is, I'm kind of going to wrap up right here. Ordinary, common. And I keep saying that over and over again because how many 
times, and I'm going to speak to myself, how many times have I felt ordinary, common, not good enough? There's this scene right before Jesus dies where Jesus says, He's sitting, some of you guys know this is the Last Supper. He's sitting in this room with his closest friends, including Peter. And he says, very truly, I tell you that if you just believe in me, you will do the same things as me. But you will even do greater things than I. And what do you do with that? Right? Here's a guy, Jesus, who walked around healing people. What do you do with a promise of power, but believe it. Today, I, I want to do a couple things before I, I get out of your way. First thing I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And then the second thing I want to do is, is I want to declare some things as a whole group. And that's the kind of the weird part, the scary part, but I'm going to make it really easy. I think there's something special about declaring something, saying it out loud, truth. Because sometimes uh, a pastor will get up here, a a preacher, a, a leader in the community, and they'll say, all right, guys, here's what you need to be. You can do this, this, and this, and here's who you should be. But Jesus gets up here and he says, this is who you are. He says, you are loved. You are chosen. You are sons and daughters of the king of kings. You are royalty, he would say. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. He would say, you're not unqualified. You are overqualified. You're not ordinary. You're extraordinary, Jesus would say. You're not powerless. I've given you power. That's the promise that we've received. Heavenly Father, I just pray a blessing over this church. I pray a blessing over everybody in this room, even just sitting in the chairs, God. I pray a blessing of me with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill this church building with your Holy Spirit. I even pray that the people sitting down would be filled with your Holy Spirit. Even now as we pray, God, I just ask that you would even break some chains of some people, that you would restore confidence in some people. I pray over the city of Agora Hills, God, I, I pray that 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 they would look at these people and they would notice something different about them, God. I just pray that you would fill them today and that they would move out in confidence, God. Pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Now, I I just kind of want to end on this part. I I want to declare some stuff with you. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to make this easy. You don't, you don't have to do anything I'm about to say, but I'm just going to encourage you. 
There's really something special about knowing who you are and declaring it. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to encourage you to lift your palms up like this. And you're going to repeat these words with me. It goes like this. With these hands, I have power. With these hands, I have strength. With these hands, there is no mountain too big. With these hands, I am overqualified. And with these hands, I can do all things through Christ. Amen. There's this phrase I've been resting on through this season of my life, and it goes like this. God doesn't call the qualified, but he, he qualifies the called. And, and what I mean by that, God does not sit in his little heavenly throne, and he doesn't sit there and say, oh, that person right there, they're, they're really gifted at their job. Oh, this person over here, they are super high up in their company. I'm going to use them. Oh, that person right over there, they have a master's degree in theology. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that guy. Oh, that girl over there, she's gorgeous. I'm going to use her. God doesn't sit in his little chair and say, these people are qualified. I'm going to use them. He says, no. I don't call the qualified. I qualify the called. I just want to pause here and say every single one of you have a unique calling on your life. I firmly believe this. You have a calling on your life to do incredible things. So we're about to sing a song. We're about to sing a song called No Longer Slaves. And as we sing this, I'm going to have you think through a couple questions. What dreams do you have? What visions has God given you? Maybe even from a childhood vision or calling. What mountains are sitting in front of you just waiting for you? What is sitting at your doorstep but you simply haven't even opened the door yet? My challenge is what are you waiting for? In the eyes of the world, you may be whatever you want. Fill in the blank. But that completely changes when you are pimpalamed with the Holy Spirit. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. As we listen to this song, it says, no longer slaves. I'm no longer a slave to fear is one of the lines. You're not a slave. You're, a, you're royalty. You're free. Rest in that. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. May you May you be pimplamed with the Holy Spirit today. 
May you be his witnesses in your family, in your city, in the country. And may you, brothers and sisters, may you walk in the confidence and the boldness of the power that you already have. Thank you guys so much for hosting my family. Be sure to say hi to them on the way out. Have a great day. Have a great day.